Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land. He, as always, is Alan Denton. I'm Thomas Black. We come to you from bellyupsports.com, and we are here as we are counting down the offseason as we get to the 13th of 14 Pick'em Profiles, this time on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Alan, it has been a busy offseason, but I feel like we've gotten a lot of good content out there, and we've got some big things coming in just the near future as the season gets ready to kick off. Uh, 100%. It's been a fun offseason kind of previewing these teams and looking back at what once was. And some of these teams are going to be drastically different, including the one that we're about to preview. I think they could look much, much different than what they did last year. It's going to be fascinating to see. But before we jump into things with the Demon Deacons, let's give a quick reminder. Now is the time to sign up for our email list. If you are not already on there, check the show notes. That is where we send out invitations for our pick'em groups, both the ATS and the Confidence. You have to be signed up there because it enables you to get all the information that you can on the podcast, the contest, the prizes, etc. We are going to have cash prizes announced very, very soon in future episodes. That's coming up later this offseason, right before week one. And uh, if you want to send out invitations to other people, also get them signed up on the email list. Alan, we love seeing these groups grow. We love seeing new people be a part of it. But it is important that people do not waste time because week one kickoffs get right up on top of you really quickly. And people need to be paying attention to this so they can get in and be a contestant for some of these cash prizes that are coming that we will announce very, very soon. That's exactly right. And it's coming fast, man. Like September is going to be here before you know it. It sure is. So if you are on the email list, make sure you join the groups. If you have friends who want to be a part of this, invite them now. And if you are just discovering this podcast, go ahead and sign up on the email list. That is how you'll get the invitations as well. So as we jump into the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, this is a team that a year ago went three and four straight up in the confidence pick them, four and three in the ATS. Alan, as we do each and every pick them profile, what do you look back on with the Demon Deacons in 2022 and think about with this team before we transition into a season ahead? So they ended up at eight and five last year, but honestly, it feels so much about what could have been. They lost in two overtimes against Clemson in a game that they led deep into the fourth quarter. And honestly, for my picks, I'm glad they lost because I had Clemson at a nine in that game. And so that would not have been a good week. 
They lost only by two at home against UNC in a back-and-forth game. That was just a wild, wild game. But they led that game with only four minutes left. Then they lose by three at Duke in a game they led with only two minutes left. They just couldn't quite get over the hump. But I nailed them going down there and winning at Tallahassee against Florida State. I had that one at a one. And I remember that being a big one because I think several were on Florida State and had them pretty high. No doubt about it. All very true. I think you hit a lot of the highlights as you go throughout and talk about the games you did. I'll mention a couple other things. It was early in the season that we caught them winning by 20 points at Vanderbilt. And I'm trying to remember exactly what I gave out on the podcast in that one. And I think that one was an ATS lock for me as well as maybe it wasn't an ATS lock. Maybe it was just a confidence value pick. I was somewhere in there battling through that and thinking about what was going to happen in that game. But I certainly liked Wake Forest chances in that game with a lower spread. And then you mentioned a little bit of it, but this team had so many close losses. Three one-score losses to Clemson by six points, to UNC by two, to Duke by three. They also had a nine-point loss to NC State. And so this really could have been, as you alluded to, a special, special season for Wake Forest, and it just came up very short. Yeah, and it stinks because the nucleus of that team that made that season and the season before special, a lot of them are gone. And so you're looking at a totally different type of team and unit this year, especially as Sam Hartman leaves and some of the others that we'll get to in just a moment. Let's go ahead and turn it to the offense where Dave Clawson brings back a unit that has been very productive over the last few years, but you already talked about it. Sam Hartman transfers out to Notre Dame. A.T. Perry was the only offensive draft pick for this team in 2023. He went in the sixth round, number 195 overall. And here just in the recent weeks, we had another starting wide receiver, Donovan Green, go down with a knee injury. The report is he's out three to five months. So at the very, very earliest, he would be coming back late this season in November, but that doesn't even feel like it's really that likely. So we either see him a little bit in the tail end of the season with a few games or possibly not even at all. So I think multiple big losses for this team. But Alan, as we just talked about with 2022, some big changes, especially on the offense side of the ball what do you expect from this team as we move ahead into the 2023 season yeah I mean a lot of questions to be answered who's going to replace those guys I mean that's a ton of production gone when you're talking about your starting quarterback who's been there for several years and your top two wide receivers you don't just get over those types of things but Dave Clawson knows offense you alluded to that they should still produce to a decent level just not at the level that they have been. I mean, they still have some proven guys like Justice Ellison at running back and Taylor Morin and Jamal Banks at wide receiver. But there's just a lot of unknowns at this point, not just offensively, but even defensively as well. No doubt about it. There are a lot of question marks. Mitch Griffiths does have a start under his belt when Sam Hartman had a health condition early last year. He started one game, so he's got a little bit of experience there. And you mentioned some of the talent at wide receiver. The good news is for Wake Forest, we've talked about this before here on this podcast, that Wake Forest consistently now for the last three, four years has had one of the better 
more underrated wide receiver rooms in the entire country. You mentioned yeah. Taylor Marin coming back. He had nearly 600 yards receiving a season ago. You mentioned Jamal Banks coming back. He had over 600 receiving yards a year ago. So the good news is, despite the injury to Donovan Green, which I do think is pretty significant, they do have experienced guys that have been weapons before and have been very, very involved in the passing game. But you probably do have a downgrade at quarterback. You do have a downgrade at wide receiver with A.T. Perry going to the NFL and Donovan Green's injury. So I think there are questions about exactly what this offense will look like. The offensive line is young. They bring in a lot of new starters, so they do have some weapons they can rely on. But what does the offense look like as a whole? I think it is a question mark heading into the new season ahead. Yeah, especially when you have some teams that are kind of waxing and coming into their own within the ACC. You've got Duke that's on the rise. You've probably got an uptick North Carolina. Those are two teams that they lost to a year ago that I would say they're probably further behind this year. So you start looking at teams like that, and you won at Florida State. That's going to be a big ask this year, even though that will be a home game. It's going to be a interesting year. You mentioned only returning two offensive line starters. And again, we've not even touched defense yet, which I think is probably the far greater concern. As we go over to the defense, there was one draft pick on that side of the ball as well. Defensive tackle Kobe Turner was the top draft pick off this Demon Deacon squad. He went in the third round, a top 100 pick. So they bring back a star on the defensive line at defensive end in Jasheen Davis. Alan, you mentioned holes, question marks. What are you looking at with the squad as they come back in 2023? Yeah, losing six starters just like they did on offense. They do bring in Jacob Roberts from North Carolina A&T to help at linebacker. They expect him to be pretty good, but at what level is he going to be able to come in and play at? But they had a terrible defense last year that cost them really those three games that we talked about. They ranked 114th against the pass and were 81st overall in defense. They allowed 30 or more points seven times. And I don't know that it's going to get too much better, but it has to get at least a little bit better for this team to max out its potential, which is not a super high ceiling, in my opinion, this year, but they have to improve defensively. It does make an awful lot of sense. The defensive line, I think, is going to be a tough ask to be able to see a lot of improvement. There's four new starters there. Even though Jasheen Davis, just as I mentioned, is one of their better defensive players from a year ago, he wasn't even a starter. But he led the team with seven sacks, so I think that's a bright spot. But otherwise, I'm pretty concerned about the defensive line. What's that going to look like for Wake coming in this year? You even had Bothroyd, who transferred out and went to Oklahoma, I believe it was. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot of transition as we look at this Wake Forest team. I'm especially concerned at the defensive line and linebacker spots. I'm concerned at how they're going to hold up against the run and things like that. But they should be pretty good in the secondary. They return veterans at safety. Kalen Carson is a good cornerback coming back. Linebacker Chase Jones is pretty good. But you mentioned kind of some of the depth concerns there. I am concerned about this defense. And one of the parts that I look at specifically is this looks like to me a pretty undersized defensive line. When you look at Davis, sure, he looks like a guy that can get after the quarterback and provide some bright spots. But when you go to defensive tackle, projected starters there, Kevin Pointer and Isaiah Cheney, are both 290 pounds or under. So how much are they going to be able to hold up consistently against a good schedule? How much are they going to be able to hold up against good offensive line play? I'm not really sure. And with an offense that probably isn't as good as a year ago, I'm wondering, too, whether we're going to see this team all that much in 2023. Yeah, I would agree. This feels more like a mid-level 
AAC team instead of an ACC team. You know, I feel like we could be talking about SMU instead of Wake Forest just because of they're undersized in a lot of places. They have some explosiveness, but not as much maybe as they once did. So I don't foresee us seeing them a ton this year. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the floor ceiling scenarios that we have with Wake Forest. This is going to be probably one of the lower ones we've had all offseason as we've looked at these pick and profiles. So, Alan, what are you thinking with this team looking at its 12-game schedule? So what's amazing with this program is historically it's not been great, but they've been to seven consecutive bowls under Dave Clawson, which is really an amazing accomplishment. He's done a great job there. And I foresee that most likely happening again. I've got their floor at six and six. Overall, they don't have an unbelievably difficult schedule. They get Elon first, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, who, you know, you just don't know what to expect there. They're at Virginia Tech, but they at least get to play Virginia Tech, who's maybe the worst team in the ACC. You don't know what Pittsburgh's going to be like. And you don't know what Syracuse is. So I've got them as a floor just because of some of the easier games. I got them at six and six, but the ceiling is right there at seven and five. I don't see them winning all of those toss up games. And I don't think they have the ceiling to beat teams that they probably, you know, shouldn't beat. Very interesting that your floor and ceiling fall only one game apart. I'm going to range a little bit more than that. I think there is possibly some potential that this team misses a ball game. So I've got their floor as low as, get this, four and eight compared to the six and six. Because I look at their schedule and I go, you know what? I think there are a lot of games which I would project the other team as being the favorite. The other team is winning. There's a games at Clemson, Pittsburgh, Florida State. I think at Duke is going to be tough for this team, NC State and Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. So right there off the bat, I've already mentioned six games. So to me, I'm leaning losses in every single one of those. And then I think there's some games that Wake Forest should probably win or I'll have some toss-ups. I think Virginia Tech's included in that. I think Syracuse has included that, both as road games. I don't even think there's a great chance that this team is going to be a guaranteed 4-0 starting out the season. And I would just circle the Vanderbilt game. It's not that I think Vanderbilt's great, but I think they are an improving squad. They picked up a couple of SEC wins a season ago. I think that game could be dicey. So we'll see. I don't know. But I would venture to guess Wake Forest will be the favorite in it. Maybe they get a win there. Maybe they start off 4-0, but I think that would be well advised. So I'm going to go floor of 4-8, and eight, and I'm going to go a ceiling the exact same as you of 7-5. and five. I think that's where they win all of these kind of toss-up games that I've talked about, and then they spring an upset somewhere as well. I think that's possible, but I think they're going to need things to click offensively, and I think they're going to need to find some sort of stability on the defensive side to be able to pull off a record that good against a schedule that is – fairly difficult for Wake Forest standards. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're still traveling to Clemson. You're at Notre Dame. You're at Duke. And then you've got NC State and Florida State at home. But those two teams are going to be formidable. NC State's always very, very tough. No doubt about it. To me, it looks like they've got three top 15 type programs on the schedule with Clemson, Florida State, and Notre Dame. And then they've got at least a couple of fringe top 25 type teams. So I do think it is the long stretch for this team to do any better than seven and five, but I probably fall in the range of like a six and six, 
maybe a five and seven. I think they're right there on bowl eligibility. And if things go well, they might trend up a little bit above that. But it's going to be a difficult schedule ahead for Wake Forest. So, Alan, I know you already said we probably don't see them a whole lot. Where do you think we see Wake Forest on this schedule, especially, you know, trying to guess how they're going to be record-wise heading into the back half of their slate? I think we probably see them at Clemson in week six, just because, I mean, it depends. They have to win their games. But at Clemson is a draw just because that has been a close, entertaining game. Maybe Pittsburgh in week eight. And I don't see us seeing them again until week 12 at Notre Dame. And that one's not because I think Wake Forest is going to be all that great. I think that may be a game that just has such intrigue because they're going to be playing their former starting quarterback. Definitely an intriguing storyline, but I'm going to be wondering, does Wake Forest hold up well enough record-wise to be able to even be in the pick late that season? If they're winning games early, especially if they spring an upset somewhere, I think we very well could see them late in the year. But to me, I think it is much more likely that we see them in that kind of middle season territory. Like you said, week six at Clemson, I think week eight against Pittsburgh, week nine against Florida State. I'm not saying all these are guarantees that we're going to see them, but I think those are the most likely games. And then if Wake has performed pretty well, if they get out of the gate and win their first four games, and even if they keep a game close at Clemson, those types of things, I think there's a chance we could see them several times as we go throughout the year. But I'm going to kind of peg them for two, maybe three appearances this season, unless things go very, very well. Yeah, I would very much agree with that. All right, Alan, we have more coming up. As we talked about, this is our next-to-last Pick'em Profile that we are doing coming up this Monday, we are going to have a pick and profile on the Washington State Cougars. That is going to be available to all Patreon supporters as you jump on over there. That would cost you only a dollar and fifty cents. And if you subscribe at a dollar and fifty cent level, not only would you be able to listen to that episode, but you'd be able to listen to all past pick and profiles that have appeared over there on Patreon. That includes Clemson, that includes Notre Dame, that includes LSU, a lot of different stuff to get in at over there and stuff that will give you information as we head toward the season, especially including the TCU episode in which we get into one of our week one matchups. So Alan, we've got a lot of stuff cool coming for our listeners and can't wait to get to more of it as we dive into our next episode. That's right. I got to say it's worth it. Subscribe, man. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly hope it's worth it, but we've already given out some picks for a week one game between TCU and Colorado. That, of course, was on the TCU episode. And beyond that, this time next week, we are going to drop our two Pick'em tutorials. That's one for the ATS Pick'em. That's one for the Confidence Pick'em. And on those episodes, we are going to drop prize announcements. Prizes are bigger this year. It's because of the investment we've had from our Patreon supporters. It's because of the investment that I've even put into the show. And we are expecting some big things coming ahead. So we're excited about that and should give us a good launching point into the 2023 season, Alan. Yes, absolutely, man. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>